I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. Are you keeping this in? She tries to make me laugh and usually she doesn't, but today she won. My name is Todd. I'm here with my uh, hilarious daughter, Aaliyah. And this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Today, we have a special guest, just like last time, and her name is Kate. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. <laughs> Leah, why? That's all, just why? <laughs> she, she's not answering. She's just looking at me. All right. Well, that was great. So, Leah, have you been working on any invitations to act? Um, We finished teaching in the Saber's Way. Oh, you beat me. <laughs> I'm Which is slow. something that Kate and I have actually been doing together the whole summer, um, just over Discord with one of our other friends. Cool. In the morning, so for the non-gamer um, technological types, <laughs> what is Discord? It sounds like you Discord. were fighting during your <laughs> right. Discord is like Zoom, but better. Okay, I, I agree with that. Okay, I like yeah, it. <laughs> and free. Zoom and, is and free, free too, but you have to pay for the pro whatever. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So, how what did you learn from that? A lot, actually. Um, I think I've already used some of this stuff in my my minor teaching endeavors so far, and I think I'll definitely. Which minors are you teaching? Um, all of the, <laughs> the young <laughs> women and men aged sixteen to eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what you meant, but it worked out okay. <laughs> um, and I think I guess I just learned that you have to teach by the spirit, and you have to be more individual about teaching, I guess, and not just read the lesson plan and hope that people get through, I guess. All right. Hope people understand. One by one teaching. Yes. Which seems weird in a big group, but it's right. really a true, true principle. Awesome. Kate, what did you learn from teaching in the Savior's Way? Um, I thought it was cool. They talked a lot about just different teaching methods. So using stories or songs or things like that. And that's, how I learn. Like if you tell me a story, chances are I'll remember it if more than if you just spit out facts to me. Right. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And we finished mm. the part about teaching, you know, young children. And then a week later I got called as a primary teacher. So that oh. was good timing. Awesome. Yeah. Good Very timing. cool. So that's a good reminder for me. I love to just spit out facts and it's, um, you know, good that it need to remind me to humanize things, right. To make it memorable and applicable. So it validated um, my desire to share movies <laughs> because yeah. it was talking about relating things to what people like. So if they like sports, then talk about sports. And if they right. like whatever. And a lot of people like movies. So me That's talking true. about Kung Fu Panda is rooted in in, yeah. in the <laughs> teaching the saver's way. <laughs> nice. I, I like to use sports analogies, but then you, inevitably half the room is just their eyes glaze over. You yeah. Know, like we have a bunch of boys who don't, watch sports they do video games or music or whatever and they're just like 
I don't know what you're talking about. What's a field goal? So. Wow. Cool. Um, I've still been slowly, slowly, slowly doing Teaching of the Savior's Way for my invitation to act. I've been working on recording spiritual experiences. And I've been feeling again like I should go back to the one where I try to work on sort of stillness or removing distractions, sort of clearing debris, but in a in a way that allows time to to have you know quietness and stillness in my life. So I'm gonna keep working on those. Um I think the promises that I've or you know, the promised blessings I've seen, I I do feel like um just like you, Ali, that the teaching has been improved and more intentional and more um, individually, you know, focused. And I think anytime I record or remember a spiritual experience, it helps, you know, increase my, my testimony. So, okay. Um, today we're going to discuss the talk, the grave has no victory by Reina I Aburto, second counselor and the relief society general presidency. Um, I remember she gave a talk about perfectionism, I think a couple conferences ago or last one that was really good. So uh, interested to hear what else she had to say this time. So Leah, what was your big takeaway from her talk? I remember listening to this talk when it was um, being broadcasted live and I was with a bunch of my friends at college Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all sitting with our little notebooks and um, she said the words, the only way to take sor- sorrow out of death is to take love out of life. Um, and, and the pencils went like everyone started writing. And, um, I think that was a quote from president Nelson that she was, uh, quoting, but it's, it's so powerful. And it reminds me of the, um, the quote from WandaVision, like what is grief, if not love persevering. And so, um, I thought that was, that was really profound that, um, we, we have those sad moments because we had happy ones. And he even, um, President Nelson in that same quote kind of reverses it and says, um, we can't appreciate joyful joyful reunions later without tearful separations now. So when a loved one passes away, we're sad and there's, you know, tearful separations, but then eventually there will be joyful reunions. And if we didn't have these separations, this, um, this line that's drawn of death, then we wouldn't um, you know, feel the same anticipation and happiness when we are eventually inevitably, um, you know, see each other again on the other side of the veil. Yeah. I I think we talked about that quote before on another episode and we use the same WandaVision reference. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a powerful way to understand it. I've, it's been interesting as I've interacted with people who have lost loved ones, many, many of them take comfort in the gospel and these same principles that they know they're going to see their loved ones again. But there are some people. (laughs) Oh my word. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That time it was my wife. (laughs) This episode is, it's a weird one. Uh, All right. Well, I didn't even know what I was talking about. Um, okay. I was talking about death, which this whole thing is about, and we're laughing. This is terrible. So, um, there, we talked in the last episode about, you know, validating and just giving comfort. And there's some people who don't, don't want to hear those sorts of, you know, principles or or quotes when somebody dies, it just, it's too much. They just want to, 
you know, sort of be able to process through that pain. Um, and then hopefully later that those, those principles do bring them comfort, but those are things that bring me comfort and that I want to hear, but it's been interesting for me, speaking of teaching the savior's way, um, to try to tailor the way I comfort somebody to how they want to be comforted, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah, not everybody wants to hear the, like, it's okay. You're going to see them again, you know? Um, okay. Kate, did you have a big takeaway from the talk? Um, yeah, there is, um, I kind of went like off on a huge tangent when I was reading this, but, um, (laughs) the one paragraph, um, where she says, I imagine that the Lord may have allowed Mary Magdalene to grieve and express her pain. He then called her by name and she turned to him and recognized him. She saw the resurrected Christ and was a witness of his glorious resurrection. Um, and that kind of, it reminded me of this other quote, um, which might seem like kind of a stretch, but it's a quote that I love that says, um, there are numerous ways in which God will make us feel lonely to lead us back to ourselves and to him. Um, and I think that like we talked about in the last episode about how like validation and comfort and that kind of stuff, um, just that I don't uh, I don't know how to say this. Like a lot of times when I'm feeling like lonely or upset or stressed out, inevitably it gets to the point where it's just like boiling over. And then I'm like, oh, like I just, I really need Christ right now. Like I just, I need to take a minute and just breathe and calm down and, you know? And so I think like the quote, and like she said in this, like the Lord allows us to feel pain and sorrow and he'll comfort us and help us through it um, because it does help us grow and help us learn um, and kind of just take a minute to breathe and to recognize him in our lives. Um, And then afterwards, after she was comforted, then she saw the resurrected Christ. So I just thought that was cool. That's a really cool thought to think about. Sometimes we're, we're being allowed to go through this to help us return to ourselves and to him. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's a purpose sometimes in that, that suffering. <clears throat> well, the big takeaway for me was right at the end. And um, our last discussion was uh, Elder Suarez just talking about the atonement of Christ. And here she says, I testify that through the redeeming atonement and glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ, broken hearts can be healed Anguish can become peace and distress can be ho- become hope. Um, so another person who talked about hope, I've been writing them all down this time. Um, and I, I just love that she just gave a beautiful testimony of the atonement and the resurrection. And sometimes that's all we need is just to keep focusing on those basics, those fundamentals, and just keep learning them again over and over and over. All right, Aaliyah, can you share with us a quote that stuck out to you? Yep. So she quotes President Nelson again because who doesn't? And she, or he, I guess, says, death is a necessary component of our eternal existence. No one knows when it will come, but it is essential to God's great plan of happiness. And I was kind of wondering why, like, why, why do we need that? Why, what's the purpose of death, I guess, in the plan? And it seems kind of obvious that if we never die, we won't go back to heaven again or won't have the chance to because we'll just be on earth for forever and there's a lot we can do on earth but uh i don't think we could realize our full glory and potential um without going back to god's presence and so i just thought it was an interesting thing to think about of like why do we need death why do we need almost it's like a reset and and you know what's the purpose of it it's the door right the door yeah yep 
Um, can you, Aaliyah, can you sum up her uh, story about her brother? I can try. <laughs> so I think when she was young, um, her brother, uh, her older brother died in an earthquake. And she, um, being young, didn't, like, wasn't sure how to process it and asked, like, where is he? Like, where did he go? And and eventually she um, was learning about the plan of salvation. And um, at one point she started imagining her brother coming and knocking on the door and, and she would open it and he would say, I'm, uh, let's see if I can find the exact quote, actually. I have it. I've got it, actually. Okay. I'm not dead. I'm alive. I could not come to you, but now I will stay with you and never leave again. And so she kept kind of imagining or and dreaming and thinking about this. Um, and then one day she was pondering about the resurrection um, and it that all kind of clicked for her and it made sense that um, that was kind of a uh, comfort from the spirit to let her know that her brother, um, that she would see her brother again and that he is still alive and existing. Um, but, and that her, his spirit is, um, is, you know, in heaven and, and eventually that they will meet again. I think if I understand the way she described it correctly, she wasn't a member of the church at that time. Yeah, she didn't explicitly say that, but I don't think she She's, was. She said like I hadn't found the gospel or something yeah, along those lines. Something like that. So I don't know if later she was baptized or just you know wasn't active or whatever it was. I don't know. It sounded like it wasn't part of her life. Mm-hmm. And then later, you know, when forty years later, it, yeah. yeah. So that was that was pretty interesting. So she was just talking about how the spirit provided this witness, you know, to her through this. Almost, it's like not a vision, but it's not a dream, but it kind of is at the same time, just this imagining. Um, it reminds me of Ahmad S. Corbett's talk where he says, use your imagination to, what was it? To draw closer to the Lord and not draw you away from the Lord or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. You know, using your imagination as a tool in your spiritual growth, um, which is pretty awesome. Because usually you think of like visions or dreams as things that are sort of brought to you, but this was sort of, it sounded like a bit of half and half, like mm-hmm. she imagined it, but it was also encouraged by the spirit. So yeah, just a really unique description of a, of a, an experience she had a story, which makes it stick better, yeah. right? <laughs> I actually remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> so Kate, what else stood out to you here from this talk? Um, just there's one line that says, uh, mourning is one of the deepest expressions of pure love. Um, and it actually made me think of, the movie Inside Out when like mm-hmm. at the very end how one of her core memories is like happy and sad mm-hmm. and how it's like obviously you can't have one without the other like you 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 can't feel pure joy if you don't feel sorrow first um and I just I don't know why I just thought that that line was core like it's the deepest expression of pure love like because it sorrow sounds so negative but love is so positive and so I just I just like that line a lot yeah that's awesome these are complex emotions yes. uh, and one day it will be all love and joy, but not during life. So, um, Aliyah, what else stood out to you? Um, I like the scripture she quoted. Uh, it says, he is the light and the life of the world. Yea, a light that is endless that can never be darkened. Yea, and also a life which is endless that there can no more be no more death. Um, and I have been reading the book of Mormon in Spanish recently 
And I remember reading that verse. And when I hear the word, see is the light in the life of the world, I've heard those like so many times. Like it, it doesn't even fully register what those words mean anymore because I've heard them so many times. But when I was reading it in Spanish. It was like a whole new phrase. And it took a second to fully comprehend that I've heard that in English a bajillion times. And I guess it just meant a lot more to me to like really think about like those words and how cool it is that that we have someone who is the light of of the world and and who and that light can never be darkened um and you know who provides eternal life that will never end so i really like that scripture yeah there's a lot of hope in that scripture right mm -hmm. that even when it's dark we know that there's light um waiting there for us mm -hmm. awesome uh kate what else stood out to you any other parts that you liked um, Aaliyah pretty much said all the ones that I had highlighted. So, <laughs> Yeah, it, it was kind of an interesting talk. It was very focused. Um, it sort of was all about death and resurrection. And a big chunk of it was that story about our brother. Um, Leah, did you have other parts that really stood out to you? I just liked that this conference, I feel like we got a lot of personal experiences from the general authorities and leaders of our church that could seem negative. Like her brother dying is not a good thing necessarily. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want my brother to die. Like death is not fun, but a lot of general authorities talked about family members or friends or, or other people dying or having grown up in homes that maybe they weren't members or maybe they had not great home life or environments. And I feel like we haven't heard a lot of that in the past, or maybe I just haven't been paying attention. But I think this conference, we got a lot of that. And it's just nice to know that they're real people and that these things happen to them too. And that it's the gospel in their lives and their understanding that um, turns those experiences into um, meaningful teaching things. And, you know, eventually good um, emotions can come from those experiences along with the sad ones. Yeah. I completely agree. I feel like just off the top of my head, I remember a story about, you know, growing up in a sort of negative home environment that was changed by the gospel. Somebody talking about his sister dying, somebody talking about maybe they weren't alive yet, but like their older sibling dying when they were a baby. Mm -hmm. um, just uh, Elder Ballard talking about his wife dying and just feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. Just lots of sort of vulnerability and very open discussion of, of these real life things. Um, and that, that is cool. I really enjoy it. I, I think we get a piece of that when we are, as we're reading the Doctrine and Covenants this year, where mm -hmm. sort of these people's personal lives are exposed a little bit in canonized scripture, you know, <laughs> it's a little, I feel a little bad for him sometimes like, oh, you need to repent of adultery. Like, oh, great. That's published for all time now. That's fantastic. Um, but, you know, it, just feeling like um, those, our lives are all messy and hard and challenging. And just knowing that this happens to people who we look up to and respect and seem like spiritual giants, you know, helps mm -hmm. us to feel like if they can do it or if they're going through it, then we can, you know, go through it too. Yeah. I love that. I think in DNC and conference and everything, there's just such a big theme of using your sadness to, to feel happy and to draw closer to Christ. Too. like even in all of these negative experiences like it is just it is such a hopeful message that you can use your sorrow to be close to christ so um how do we 
how do we apply that? Like, what do we do when we're feeling upset or sad? And, you know, we know the scriptures also say that men are that they might have joy. So what, what's the process of, you know, having joy if, if your life is not going so well? Um, for me, a big part of it is knowing that it will come to an end. Even for some people, that end might not be for a really long time. And some probably even, it'll only come in the eternities. Um, I haven't experienced, you know, very many things like that. Most of my sadness and issues come and go in, you know, shorter amounts of times. But I think hope is a really big giver of joy, I guess. And so if you haven't studied hope, I mean, <laughs> if we haven't talked about it enough, <laughs> I would I would definitely go and, and read like every scripture associated with hope in the uh, topical guide and um, all those things. There's lots of talks on hope and just uh, learn everything you can about hope. And I think it's just, it's it's a good feeling to have to know that what you're going through will end and one day you won't experience that anymore. And if you rely on the savior, then it just makes everything more joyful. Yeah. Hope is an anchor to the soul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I totally agree with that a hundred percent. So Kate, any thoughts on how you sort of live that where, um, something might be hard or challenging or really sad and, how do, you, how do you make the gospel real in that moment? Um, I think, well, just while Leah was talking, I was reminded of there's this principle, and I think it's a term in like economics or something, but it's um, regression to the means. And so it basically mm-hmm. means that nothing's ever all good or all bad. Like eventually everything kind of swings back to the middle. Um, and so kind of just, I don't know when I learned that, but um, that's always given me a lot of hope and kind of just finding finding this hope or like, some sort of anchor to kind of hold on to when I'm going through difficult times and then using that to kind of push myself forward and to like, okay, get up and do something and change. And, you know, like you can be sad today and, but like find something to hold on to. And then tomorrow, like go change something and go make tomorrow better. Like that has always been huge for me. Awesome. I love it. That I've heard that term in sports, speaking of sports analogies, (laughs) you know, if someone hits like 30, shots in a row in basketball, then they're like, well, they're going to regress to the mean and, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to miss 15 or vice versa, you know, yeah, they'll, or baseball, they'll say like, well, he's been, you know, having trouble. He's been hitting 200 this week, but he's due, you know, he's due for some big, you know, hot streak or whatever, because yeah. you know, it's not going to last forever. Um, <clears throat> I think when I was in med school, at least, I, I don't know if they still teach this, but in the psychology psychiatry rotations they talked about how the people who end up committing suicide it's not because their depression is like worse or you know different than other people's it's because they lose hope they think it will never end Mm -hmm. they see no other way out there is okay (laughs) so um back to uh animated movies (laughs) um in kung fu panda 2 there's these two characters uh Croc and what ox and croc? croc yeah, and ox? I think so. It's a crocodile and, a, and an ox, <laughs> and and this uh, the villain Lord Shen takes over their city, and they just who's I a mean, peacock, by the way. I mean, come on, you're an alligator. <laughs> like. 
Yeah, well, we'll find him. He's a peacock with a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. And so they they lose hope. Is what happens. They say nothing will ever beat this. We're just gonna stay in our in our little cell and just I guess you know watch as our city falls around us. And Poe the panda says something about being trapped in a cage with bars made of hopelessness and and walls of despair and something and it's <laughs> like meals of sorrow yes and, yeah. yes exactly <laughs> and yeah. it's so good and like it's true <laughs> the thing that was keeping them there they could have easily broken out of that prison there was nothing stopping them and he, he broke them out and they yeah, went back in yeah they were even rescued and and they refused that rescue and because of their hopelessness, they lost hope and that made it so they didn't even want to keep going or try or attempt to make things better because they thought that there was no way out of, of losing their city. Like they thought that Shen had ultimate power over them. And so there was no reason to even attempt to fight back. Yeah. I remember having that discussion in a class in med school where they were teaching us like, well... You know, the people who commit suicide, it's because they think it will never get better. Like they, they truly believe it will never improve. And just what a sort of insight that was and to how much we can endure if we, if we believe that it'll eventually end and that there's a way through and a way out. And I think of all those pioneer stories, which seem so foreign to me who, you know, I'm sitting in my air conditioned house, driving an air conditioned vehicle, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they're trudging along in the summer heat and or in the winter cold or whatever. And they endured all of it because they were going to the promised land in their mind. You know, that hope of a better, a better place really carried them. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's uh, wrap up by talking about invitations to act and promises, promised blessings. So Aaliyah, what invitation to act did you find in here or promised blessing? Um, at the end, she says, I testify that through the redeeming atonement and glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ, the broken hearts can be healed, anguish can become peace, and distress can become hope. He can embrace us in arms of mercy, comforting, empowering, and healing each of us. Which I think you read part of that earlier, but um, it's just, it's a good promise and, and powerful testimony of the effects that the resurrection can have on us and the effects that the atonement can have on us. Um, and the promise that there are arms of mercy waiting to receive us and, and comfort and heal us. Yeah. And she didn't give like a specific invitation in there, but she sort of implied, you know, to accept Christ into your life, Mm -hmm. um, as the invitation. So Kate, did you find any other invitations Um, or promises? Yeah. In one of the paragraphs after she tells a story about her brother, she's talking about, um, steadfast faith and a perfect brightness of hope. Um, And she says that faith, that hope, and that love will qualify us to come into God's holy presence and with our eternal companions and families dwell with him forever. And so I think the invitation just to strive for that hope and strive for that faith um, so that we, we can live with God again and we can have, you know, a better life eventually. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you very much. So that um, wraps up this talk. Aaliyah, can you tell people where to get a hold of us? Yep. Uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, our usernames are Words of the Prophets Podcast. Or if you want to email us, our email is Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. Okay. I think our next talk is going to be one that we just referred to today. It's called Our, so- our Sorrow Shall Be Turned into Joy by Elder S. Mark Palmer of the 70. 
So I'm really looking forward to talking about that one. So thanks for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.